I want to tell you something, and that is operating a food company has been one of the most challenging endeavors of my life. From innovating products that we want to land at the intersection of taste and nutrition, to wrestling with supply chain issues and managing inventory, I have had more sleepless nights in the past three years than I have in the last 30, including the 12 when I was a firefighter. But no one tells you that food is hard. But I also want to say it's because of each of you that we continue to get in the trenches day after day after day. It's in our core values to keep at it, knowing that we are filling a giant void in the market with products that you can't find anywhere else. And this makes it easier for us to climb out of bed each day. I want to thank you for your patience. We are anxiously awaiting the return of our organic pancake and waffle mixes. And we're excited to announce that our Plant Strong milks will be available online later this week, followed soon thereafter by the return of our exciting new burger mixes. Our goal is to be your reliable and trustworthy partner for all things Plant Strong, allowing you to stock up on healthy meals that you can make and enjoy in minutes while still managing your busy lives. I appreciate each and every one of you and want you to know that the effort will be worth it once more brands start to care about the integrity of the nutrition that they're putting into their products. Thank you so much for your support and please stay tuned for exciting updates at planstrong.com. Communication, which sounds so boring, but let me unpack that a little bit because communication with a sexual partner is essential because you need to tell your partner what you know and what you don't know. You need to tell them what you need and what you don't need, what you like and what you don't like. You can't suffer through. You're not there to pleasure somebody. You're there to back and forth. It's, it's, it both be sharing. There's nothing that someone wants to do more is to pleasure their partner. And that goes both ways and to be pleasured. Season three of the Plant Strong podcast explores those Galileo moments where you seek to understand the real truth around your health and dare to see the world through a different lens. This season, we honor those courageous seekers who are paving the way for you and me. So grab your telescope, point it towards your future, and let's get Plant Strong together. Buckle your seatbelt, my Plant Strong friends for this episode of the Plant Strong Podcast. This is another episode with my razzle-dazzle sister, Jane Esselstyn. Now, many of you may know Jane as a very charismatic and energetic voice in the plant-based space, especially alongside my mother, Anne, and their very fun YouTube cooking channel. What you may not know is that she is also a registered nurse who uses her charisma and passion to teach, of all the crazy things, sex education to middle schoolers. Now, Jane is an advocate for helping both kids and adults understand that part of being a healthy grown-up should include a healthy sex life. And I know it can be awkward to talk about these things, and that is why Jane really shines here. She uses a healthy dose of empathy compassion, and humor to talk about these subjects that both teens and adults alike are often too embarrassed to talk about. Well, today we're going to go there. The birds and the bees, the twigs and the berries. We're going to discuss anatomy and the keys to a plant-strong, positive, healthy sex life. You'll even learn what the acronym KUVA means. We also take several questions from members of our plant-strong community. And yes, we do use many of the clinical anatomical words because, as you'll find out today, one of the components of a healthy sex life is communication. So let's start talking about it. 
A plan strong life has many benefits above and below the belt. And a strong sex life should absolutely be one of them. Welcome, Jane Esselstyn. J- Jane, it's almost like Madonna. You don't even have to say the last name. It's just Jane, right? Oh, God. <laughs> Jane. Um, but <clears throat> we, we're going to explore something today that um, we don't typically explore. We explored it a little bit uh, on season one with Aaron Spitz. Uh, who, who is the best. He's the best. He's, he's great. Uh, and we talked about men's sexual health and ED and that amazing iconic scene in the game changers with the three collegiate athletes. Um, but Jane, you've, you know, outside of doing everything you do with all the cookbooks and your cooking, what I think people don't realize is that you also have a number of other talents and spectacular lectures that you, that you give. One is plant-based or plant-strong below the belt, right? Above and below the belt. Above and below the belt. Okay, yeah. I think we're going to focus below the belt today. Uh, <laughs> I and, and I think it's appropriate because se- to me, sexual education, sexual health, it's a topic that is off the table for a lot of American families, which is, which is unfortunate because I think parents, either they don't know how, they don't know where to begin, they don't do a great job um, talking about sexual wellness. And it's such an important part of our overall, you know, who we are as human beings and, um, and our health. And, uh, and you've done such a phenomenal job, I think, connecting the dots between sex and plant-based nutrition. Uh, and even before that, you, for whatever reason, had an, a knack to go into sex education. Um, and it's something that you've been teaching to what grade schoolers now for how long? Well, middle school. Yeah. Um, since my God rip since 1990 ish, 1990 for like 30 years and in different capacities for 30 years. And I mean, sometimes just limping along one class, (laughs) one spring. Well, yeah, 30 yeah. And I can't imagine all the spectacular things that you've taught these, these, these children and the amazing questions that they've asked you um, <laughs> that I'd, I'd love to explore a little bit today. But, you know, I'll speak for a, for a man. For men, it's amazing. You know, I'm, I'm you know, bumping up against 60. I'm 58. Um, and I will proudly exclaim that I have no erectile dysfunction issues what, whatsoever, right? Congrats. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. But, that, but it's not the same for a lot of my friends uh, that are in their 40s and their 50s. And I don't think it's a psychological issue as much as it's a physiological issue. And, um, and as, you know, the, the saying that Terry Mason coined, and I think it was in Forks Over Knives, you know, the canary in the coal mine uh, for coronary artery disease is ED, right? And so it's the canary, uh, it's the canary in the trousers. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then with women, I think that was, I think that was his term. It wasn't my term. That was someone else's term, but canary yeah. in the trousers nails it. But then with <clears> women, I don't know what the equivalent is because it's not quite as obvious. Maybe it's the lack of vaginal secretions or sexual appetite. I don't know, but maybe we can talk about that as well today, which I'd love to jump into. But for starters, yeah. I, w- I want to start with this because this is season three. Our theme is, you know, um, <clears throat> we're really highlighting trailblazers and um, courageous kind of pioneers who have paved the way, but they've done it because they had a Galileo moment, something that kind of solidified their resolve to go down this whole food plant-based path. And I'm wondering for you, um, was there one thing in particular or was it like a multitude of things? I mean, heck, you and I, we had kind of had the similar stories, like, you know, mommy and daddy were going down that road and it made so much sense and it felt like felt good in our bodies because we were all actually um, fortuitously we were all a- athletes and athletic at the time and 
it kind of kept kept us in this level of fitness in in body and identity at the same time. So that was really kind of cool. Um, and I just stuck with it because it was easy to eat that way. Kind of when you're around it and you, I mean, once you do it, it's so easy. I mean, you and I know we couldn't keep up eating this way if it was easy. Um, and then luckily I married a vegetarian. I swear, I don't think I would have married Brian if he wasn't vegetarian. It would have been too much work to try to, you know, get him on board. It's so bad to say. And it just continued being easy. And well, and you know, my memory is you never, you never were a fan of meat. And even when we were, oh gosh, yeah. Like even when we were maybe, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, we would go to McDonald's. I shudder to say this out loud, but we would go to McDonald's or Burger King and you would take the meat out of the, you know, the, uh, the, the bun and you would just eat the bun. Yeah. You know what I actually remember viscerally is that we used to go to those places sometimes. I mean, very occasionally, but I remember styrofoam was kind of part of the part of what they package things in. And I remember going to Burger King and thinking like, I can't stand hamburgers. I can't stand the meat, but I'll get a hot dog. And they came in those like styrofoam hot dog shape, but like a little mini, mini coffin, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of yeah. shape. And I remember secretly hiding the hot dog in the container and taking the straw from someone's drink and putting it on the end and pretending I was talking on the phone with someone. So mommy wouldn't check where my meat was and she thought I was eating it, but I was hiding it in the fake phone. Wait, I remember like, but they didn't, they didn't have cell phones back then. Did they? No, 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 but I, no, I pretended to make it into like a, like a little phone. Oh, phone. Oh, like, okay. I mean, I remember making like a walk, a walkie talkie, it was probably walkie talkie, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. Walkie talkie okay. thing, like a, an antenna yeah. thingy. And I remember thinking this is so clever how I'm hiding it in this little mini container coffin thing. Yeah. 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 I did not like meat growing up, which is so random, but, um, but I guess kind of lucky. Yeah. Um, okay. So for you, it was just, it was easy. You were kind of pulled along and you, you were never a fan of, of meat. So it just made a lot of sense. Now let's, let's, yeah. let's dive into sex ed. Um, so you've been teaching sex ed in one, some form or another for over 30 years. What do you think was it that drew you to being a sex ed teacher? You know, that's such an interesting question, especially um, to talk to you and like maybe Ted and Zeb, our other siblings about it. Like I had three brothers growing up and it was such a blast a lot of the time, but it was during the puberty years, pretty lonely. Like you guys would all be like doing pull-ups and, you know, cock-a-doodle-doodling around and kind of playing basketball and just doing your things. Not that you didn't ever include me in all that stuff, but I remember thinking like, this is oh, this girl thing. I, I mean, I'm fine being a girl. I'm, I'm fine with all that, but this is all new and weird and no one else is going through this stuff. Anyway, um, that all made me feel a little bit like I wish I had had someone to bounce some of these questions off of, but having oddly mommy, who is just, you know, she's just a, you know, shot out of a cannon with, well, let's talk about periods today at dinner. And I'd be like, Oh my God, really? So she, you know, mommy would talk about anything and bring anything up. And then there's daddy who's got the medical sort of the calm, clear, medical, reasonable, um, sort of almost like anthropological, like, hey, this all makes such good sense. And this is a good sign of health. And anyway, they were, they were interesting, enthusiastic and medical interpretation of all this like emotional stuff that I was kind of doing alone. So I think I felt anchored in mommy's enthusiasm and comfort and ah, like, you know, her just ability to not shock, but she'll just take anything head on. And then daddy's capacity to sort of understand and analyze and, and mm. figure out stuff. So I think way, way back when, um, this is almost like therapy, that may have been where my, where I gravitated sort towards understanding what's happening with bodies and why it's happening to bodies. And yeah, there's emotional stuff going on, but it's uh, okay. And let's talk about it because it'll only help. And then jump forward to, um, 
when I was 20, in my early 20s, I was applying to medical schools and that's a year long process when you take the MCAT and you apply and all this stuff. So during that year of, of applying, our, one of our neighbors, Roberta, she um, taught at this all girls school, uh, halfway Brown. And she said, Jane, I have to go out of town for a full week. So I think a family member was sick out of, out of the country. And she went, she was going to go be gone for, you know, good seven days of teaching or more. And she said, would you ever take over my health class? It's a sex ed week. Would you mind? And I was like, I'll take it on. And I'm thinking I'm applying to medical school. This should be part of my jam. Here we go. And sure enough, I went in and taught for the week and it was a blast. And Roberta came back and she said, Jane, you've done such a great job. Um, would you mind taking over for the rest of the year while you're waiting for applications? And I was like, oh my God, no problem. And then, then I got so involved in teaching. I then not, well, I, got, I didn't, medical school didn't work out. I've got, you know, interview here or this there and a nibble there, but never worked out, which is probably for the best. And I ended up teaching biology and sex ed. And, and that was, I mean, that's the rest of the story. So do you, did you know any other families that, you grew up with that you felt were as open um, in talking about sex, sex ed, sex health, all that stuff? You know, you know what? I mean, I think most people end up coming to our house and sitting around our lazy Susan table and talking with us about that stuff, because I think we actually had this weird blend of, you know, these three boys, you got you guys and, you know, one daughter. So the conversation leaned more towards that jocularity that boys have around, hey, 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 you know, like their junk, their stuff, everything literally is more out there and exposed and to be played with verbally, you know, and also below the belt. Um, boys have more of a tendency to do that than females and girls do, unless you have a whole bunch of girls. If there were three girls in our family and one boy, then the conversation would have maybe not been depending on the tone, but you know, not not been as much um, outwardly unless we had we were a great gang of gals. But um, it's it is something that for some reason our culture is not um, does not like to take it head on. I mean, there's so many so many adult reasons behind that, which are, which I think are actually sort of sad. You know, religion, which there's nothing, there's no doctrine that, that dictates you should not discuss anatomy and you know the function of one's body with your kids as far as I know and there's just there's fear around it and I think it's actually so empowering to take that fear head on and discuss these things it is there's no I mean there's, there's nothing more true than it's awkward it is awkward but once you get in there it's you've you've got such freedom and range to talk about with your kids with your family with your partner with your students if that's what the class is about and it's so liberating we'll be right back with jane but first i want to talk about cooking with ease if you know anything about my family you know that we love to cook simple plant strong meals and i want to virtually invite you right into our kitchen with the plant strong meal planner so many of my family's favorite recipes are right there for you to make for your own families or even make together like we do. Earlier this year, we launched a special promotion and we've been really surprised at how much you've enjoyed it. For the first time, we offered a 14-day free trial to test drive our Plant Strong Meal Planner so that you can come in and really kick the tires before deciding if it's right for you. Exciting news? We're bringing it back so more of you can take advantage. Simply visit mealplanner.planstrong.com today and enter the code STARTFRESH to redeem your two-week trial. Check out the database filled with hundreds of recipes, see instructional cooking videos, make and save personal menus, and shop using our adaptive grocery list. You can even load and save your own recipes so this meal planner becomes your wingman or wing woman in the kitchen, saving you loads of time and ensuring you use up all those vegetables. Again, free trial for the first time 
And for a limited time, go to the show notes or visit mealplanner.planstrong.com and enter the code STARTFRESH. Yes, you have to enter a credit card, but you won't be charged if you cancel before the trial ends, and that's simply a click of a button. Enjoy the test drive and get cooking. Now, let's get back to my conversation with Jane. Yeah. So what did, so as a sex ed teacher, what did you learn about talking about, you know, these awkward subjects and, uh, um, what was the reaction of your students? Oh, well, you know, I guess just knowing that your class is going to be awkward for the kids. I just, I put on my mommy (laughs) thinking cap and just, you go right into it. And so when I, whenever I start a class with kids, I say, you guys, you know, my name is Miss Esselstyn and that, you know, they struggle with that name for the first 10 minutes Yeah, more with the Ms. aspect than the Esselstyn aspect. But I said, you guys, I'm here because I really want you guys all to have positive, healthy sex lives. And they all kind of go, oh, 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 okay. So they can kind of just starting from there saying, I want you to have this positive, healthy sex life because what, and the energy I try to put out there is like, one of the coolest things in life is that is to be like authentically human, which means that you can do so many things. Like, you know, you can, you can think and you can, and you can move and you can be athletic and all these things, but we also have this beautiful part of ourselves that we've been given. That's this sexual part of ourselves and to have it be a positive, healthy part of your identity. When you are ready to engage in that part of your identity is great. It's so great. And, it, and you share it with someone. So yeah, to, to have to hinder that and, and just, just to destroy the beauty of what that is, this authenticity and this vitality. Um, it's just, just, it's something that I hope that like, I always say like, and later, later, later on in life, like I want them to know that they, you know, you're still a sixth, seventh, eighth grader. You've got ways to go. Yeah. But I think that's perfect you know, setting the stage by letting them know, listen, my goal here is to give you guys, teach you what it means to have a healthy, positive sex life. I mean, who, what more could you ask for? Right. And, and parents cannot argue with that. And parents no. are sometimes a, tr- a sticky wicket. Yeah. Know, what, what were, can you remember like, what were some of the uh, great questions that you've gotten over the years that, that really like you can't ever forget? How do, how, how do testicles fit inside the condom? It looks like it would hurt. Just kids ask these questions that you're like, oh, you poor dear. This is from an adult perspective, hilarious that you want to yeah. stuff testicles into a condom, but they don't know. And I'm like, that is such a great question. Yeah. One kid, Miss Esselstyn, I have a question about um, fallopian pubes. Oh, and I'm like, I can't, wait to, I can't wait to hear your question, but let me just clear up one thing. Fallopian tubes are one thing and pubes are another thing. So you actually get two questions with me today. And he's like, oh, great. Okay. And they no. went on to ask. Well, obviously the, well, there are pubes in the fallopian tubes. So I, I get that. <laughs> oh no, there's not. Oh no. So the, the questions are hilarious and yeah. you know, you talk about all this stuff um, with arousal, but you know, women don't have penises. And I'm like, yeah, great. Quite. I'm so glad you point that out. Let's talk about what women do have. And you know, then the kids are like, what? Anyway. Well, so, so let me ask you that. So um, would it be the same thing for adults to have a healthy, positive sexual uh, life? I mean, if you were if you were going to teach a class, a sex ed class to adults, right over the age, let's say over the age of forty, like what are three topics that you want to discuss? I'm so glad you asked that because so often after I give these presentations to parents, they're the line to talk at the end <laughs> is insane, yeah, and it ranges from you know just saying thank you. Um, occasionally, you have people who are critical. And, um, but people who are basically say, Hey, could you please, could we have a sex ed class and cocktail hour with you? It would be a riot and we'd learn a ton. There's no other way we'd be able to swallow all the information, (laughs) but could we do that? And, um, (laughs) so I was like, Oh yeah, how great. So, uh, but the three things that I would love to, that I would 
include if I was teaching a sex ed class to adults would be so flipping similar to what I teach if I only had three classes to teach to kids. Oh, okay. Well, you know what that- it would be? The no. first one would be communication, which sounds so boring, but let me unpack that a little bit because communication with a sexual partner is essential because if you're, if you're, you know, 14 years old, if you're 104 years old, you need to tell your partner what you know and what you don't know. You need to tell them what you need and what you don't need, what you like Mm. and what you don't like. You can't suffer through. You're not there to pleasure somebody. You're there to back and forth. Both be shared. There's nothing that someone wants to do more is to pleasure their partner. And that goes both ways and to be pleasured. And from the beginning to know that it's this yin yang, this balance between you and your partner, sharing that pleasure, that's key. So communicating about what you know and what you don't know communicate about what you like and don't like, um, and to be humble about it. Again, this is completely awkward, 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 awkward. But if you are there with someone, you know, kissing faces or, you know, partially naked or fully naked, you're already totally awkward. So keep going with it. And it only gets better and your heart gets stronger and, and more open and just more beautiful when you share that stuff. So communication. Um, well, can I, can I chime in there? Because I, I do think that, you know, you're, you're spot on there with communication and, you know, um, <clears throat> intimacy, sexual intimacy, if you don't, if you don't feel close to your partner, yeah. that sexual intimacy is going to be difficult to come by and you're, you're going to want to stay away from it with a, with a 10 foot pole. So it's almost like you, you need to have the communication, you need to be clicking, you need to feel connected Otherwise, um, uh, sex is probably not going to be on the horizon. And I can't tell you how many, how many people I know that have said, you know what, it's, it's, it's sad, but I haven't had sex with my wife, but two times this year, or, you know, we haven't mm-hmm. had sex in years and it's, it's crazy. Well, yeah. And, and, and I, I completely hear you. And I was going to get there in my, my oh, adult sorry, air, sorry. air quotes, adult sex class here. Um, no, and you have, you have to have that emotional connection. And that's something that I know, you know, we've got, as you, as you know, Rip, we've got three young, sorry, teenage to early 20 year olds. And they have grown up around all this, all this discussion, all this narrative about you have to have an emotional connection or this sexual experience is completely empty. And you can like maybe check something off a list. Oh, I've kissed somebody. But if you kiss somebody you didn't like, then you just went through with some it may as well be in your pillowcase, you know? So, so having an emotional connection makes it such a richer experience. And no matter, again, if you're 15 or 14, you know, 14 or 104. Um, so the other thing is uh, understanding what touching is or what contact is, because there's different ways of touching people. Like there's the whole puppy pile idea, like growing up with like three brothers and you guys were constantly physical with each other. I mean, you guys were always fighting in the backyard, but it was like this puppy pile of just physicality, which your, our bodies are, we seek, like we have, we have a dog. And if we're sitting on the ground, he comes over and he sits upon us and just slides down our side because that's what it's like the way that he plays or hugs or he's part, Hey, you're part of my tribe. It's not, yeah. it's not sexual. It's a puppy pile of just contact, which makes you feel like you're a part of a tribe. It's a very sort of root chakra kind of thing. And then the other kinds of touch, which is like, there's a, you know, massage is different. Massage is a physical sort of a therapeutic touch. You know, you can, you know, you've been all, if you've been massaged, you know, it's someone pushing the stress out of your body. And then of course there's like the parental touch, which is the slow tender, like the, you know, brushing the hair off the brow and, mm. you know, just the, the, which is, which is neurologically just soothing and you're safe and this light contact, you can actually fall asleep because it's, you can rest and digest and go to sleep because everything's fine. And your parent is brushing your brow kind of light touch. And then there's sexual touch. And we all hear that drumbeat and feel it. And it's something completely different. So for, for people, um, you and your partner or, you know, someone who you're, you know, or you're married to, or you're, you're committed with, um, to have daily touch, even if it's not on that drum beat underneath, but physical yeah. touch is something that keeps you connected 
in a physical way and keeps things open to the, you know, going through all those different kinds of touch open to the sexual touch. That's really, that's really impressive. And I, I love that. I'm almost like the different levels of, of touch and we how we're all yeah. wired for neurologically. Yeah. Yeah. And how, if you can't go from like, if, if the sexual touch is number seven, let's just say there's seven levels or five. I can't remember how many you said. Four. You can't just go from zero to- You the, like the number seven a little too much with your seven uh, I do, I do, I do. Oh, there are four different ones. You, you there's probably like a million. That. There's probably a million different touches, well, but- There probably are. But let's just say there's seven. You can't just go from zero to seven. You can, but you know what? It's going to be difficult and it's probably not. So I think you work on one, two, three, four, five, six, and then it makes seven that much more just kind of natural and and it just kind of flows. But anyway, that that was I like that a lot. Yeah. So, um, so uh, daily touch was to, uh, is a huge part of it. And then another part that I think, and this is kind of speaking a little more to males, and I do, but I also want to speak about male, females after this. But in males, um, and and to some degree, females, this is really trying to not have pornography be a part of. It, it, it is not, a, it's not a reliable teacher and it actually can, can help, it'll help. It actually can sadly have people develop erectile dysfunction and something called PIED, which is porn induced erectile dysfunction. Mm. And it is a real thing. And since it's as new as the internet is, we don't have a ton of research because it's about this you know, sad topic for people to discuss and to share and disclose about. But what, ha- what happens is people over the age of like roughly th- 26 to 30 or so, people who didn't grow up necessarily with the internet, they can get over, they can heal, if you will, from or come back from this PIED, this um, porn-induced erectile dysfunction, because they their innermost wiring was not um, raised on porn. But people mm. who are under 26, they seem to be, they're young, healthy males that they need to have like, it's almost like alcoholism. They need to just refrain from pornography for like four, five, six months to get the dopamine, the rewiring in their brain, come back from this erectile dysfunction situation. So porn is not going to go away. I'm not saying no porn, but I'm saying do your darndest to like tell your kids, tell yourself, tell your friends, tell your buddies, tell your cousin, anybody who's in a relationship with a male, you know, your, your partner, no matter when, who you're with, share with them that porn is not going to help them be a better lover, partner, because it is oftentimes has expectations for your partner and yourself that are not realistic. It um, does things that are actually harmful and hurtful to their partner, heterosexual and often in gay uh, pornography. So it's, it's a, it's a rough topic to talk about, but I talk about it with all my sixth, seventh, eighth graders. So I'm totally going to share it with you guys that, um, avoiding porn as much as you can is only going to help your sex life. Jane, I like, I, I, I love those, those three little pieces of advice, communication, touch, touch right. The, the different, <laughs> different levels of touch. And then lastly, basically put the kibosh on the porn, um, because I didn't talk about women yet though. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, okay. 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 And one thing that I learned in teaching middle school sex ed has been really effective and I shockingly it's landed with such like um, appreciation with adults is when I would talk about anatomy um, and stuff with kids, everyone gets the bat and the balls and the twigs, the berries and the boys and the below the belt stuff. And, you know, they're laughing and conjoling and <laughs> with all that stuff. And having, again, three brothers, I'm so familiar with all that, just, you know, it's all good, funny, goofy energy around it, especially in the middle school years, for goodness sake. And then I would say, okay, great. We're finishing up with the, um, the male anatomy. We're going to start the female anatomy now. And as soon as we start the female anatomy, it would be like crickets. And you have the symbol on the board of like the uterus and the fallopian tubes and the ovaries. And everyone's like looking at them wide-eyed, <laughs> quiet, thinking, where the heck is that? There's pleasure there. That's fun. Where is it? Where do girls keep that thing? Where Can you see it? Like, and the girls would be like, I have no idea where that is. Like they, you know, maybe some kids obviously did, but 
So I've realized we need to talk about female anatomy completely differently. We need to talk, turn them sideways and sort of cross section, you know, cut it in half. So I put this, I would, I would draw my own horrible draw. I'm not a great drawer, but I'm a confident drawer. So I would, of course, I draw my male anatomy stuff too, which is always, that's too big. That's too small. That's too pointy. That's too skinny. That's too big. They had the funniest comments about my anatomy. I loved it. I don't care. Just as long as you're looking at it, the drawing that is. So my female anatomy on the board in side view, I would say, okay, in the back, back here in the bottom, all there's a hole that starts with an A and, and they'd be like, what? Like what starts with an A back here? Women and men both have it. Girls and boys both have it. We all need it. We, if we didn't poop, we'd die. What come, where does our poop come out of? And they're like, oh my God, anus. So yeah, anus. So in front of the anus, there's another hole. And <laughs> this hole is, um, this is the reproductive hole for women. And it starts with a V and this is the vagina. This is where um, three, three big things happen in a, a female's lifetime if she chooses. Well, not always if she chooses, but this is where she has her period where her, you know, when her menstruation starts, this is where it comes out of because above here is the uterus where the baby grows. And if she has sexual, if she chooses to have sexual intercourse in her life, this is where the penis is hosted during that act. And this is where baby will come out of if she has a baby one day. So like, those are the three things, this reproductive thing is it's right here. There's the V and they're like, they're could you like, Oh, okay. And then I say, and all, in front of this, there's another hole, a teeny, tiny, eensy, teeny, weeny hole, non-expandable, tiny, tiny, hard to even find hole where she pees from. This is the urethra. So we're going to put a U here for urine, for urethra. And by this time, the seventh grade boys, eighth grade boys are like, wait a minute. She has so many holes. I cannot believe this. How many holes do women have? This is crazy. How many holes do I have? Like, okay, you guys know you have one <laughs> hole. Yeah. But the girls, so the girls having a, a you know, they can, you know, whatever, like boys, they have an anus and then a vagina and the urethra. But then when I come in and say, you guys, there's more. And they're like, no way. So, yep. There's one more thing here. And um, this is 8,000 nerves for sexual pleasure. It's not a hole. It's just a little button, a little bit of tissue here in front. And it's just like the head of the penis. It's the exact same number of nerves, but your whole penis shrunken down into like a concentrated button right here. And it's called the clitoris or the clitoris or the clit, whatever you want to call it. And so the letters I've spelled out in front of you are for you here. I usually have a visual aid, but I know this is a podcast. So it spells out C-U-V-A, clitoris, urethra, vagina, anus. And the order of events, if you will, on a female's body from front to back, kuva, is, has always been my way of talking about female anatomy uh, with the middle, middle school students. And I do it whenever I can talk to adults and talk about even plant-based stuff. I always get Kuva in there somehow. I will always wedge it in there <coughs> because- but Practically your nickname is Kuva. Don't oh, you yeah. have, don't love, you it, have, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, t-shirts are have, available. Don't you have <laughs> Kuva t-shirts, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, um, now are those for men and are those in men and women sizes or just? Um, I, I've only had one man order a Kuva t-shirt and he was Canadian. Bless his Canadian heart. Uh, I remember him. He was I'd, great. Wear, I'd wear one very proudly. I need to get one. People think it's like the Cleveland United Vegetarian Association or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. But, you know, just the truth is it's not that. So anyway, so talking about Kuva like that simply lets women, females know, and for, most importantly, males know um, that women have the exact same capacity that men do like a penis is, you know, for your urination, reproduction, sexual pleasure, women have the same stuff. We have urination, your urethra, um, reproduction, the vagina, sexual pleasure, clitoris, clitoris, clit up here in front. And as a sex ed teacher, I would, I would leave that kuva on the board for as long as I could. So like that, so the ink would stain into the whiteboard and you couldn't really erase it. So the kuva kind of was there the whole few weeks of the sex ed unit, but getting that out as soon as possible was essential because again, pornography plays this role in making kids think and kids so young are, you know, they innocently go, you know, what is kissing? What is sex? What is this stuff? And boom, you can't believe what they've seen. It's, things they cannot unsee. And it's really troubling, especially if you haven't had the discussion with your kids, like pornography is something that's not your, your head and your heart can't handle it. It's out there on the internet. You know, the internet is a tricky, tricky landscape. And for a positive, healthy sex life in your own life, you don't want to watch this stuff. You want to just figure out who you are and what you like and what gets you going. So 
for female females or females with males, again, communication about female pleasure is a big sticky wicket because no one has really talked about that. With my middle school kids, I talk about the, well, you know, an erection is the form of readiness for a male and vaginal lubrication is a form of readiness for the female. And they've never, they've never they, everyone has heard of a boner or an erection. No mm-hmm. one has talked about or heard about lubrication. Right. They haven't heard the word. They don't know. They're like, what is it? What is it? What is it? do what does it why what does it look like what all these questions about it so um, so can we can we can we dive into talking about that oh yeah that's okay yeah. so let's um so for men right let's say that you're a uh, a man and you mm-hmm. notice that you're starting to experience some erectile dysfunction mm-hmm. do you have any suggestions for that for that man well, like you, you said in the beginning, um, Terry Mason's comment that this is the canary in the trousers, and this really could be an indication that there is some vascular disease going on. If you have ruled out that it's not for psychological reasons, mm-hmm. you know, job loss or, you know, some sort of family issue or, you know, whatever, millions of things can happen psychologically um, or a neurological issue. People can have, you know, pinched nerves and things that they don't know about or, or that, that are actually getting in the way. So if you rule out those things, physical and neurological, then yeah, this vascular issue could really be what's going on. And it could be an indicator of something that could happen with their heart. Um, and going on a whole food plant-based diet, we have seen so many people turn that thing around, make that crouching tiger into a hidden dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Making that little, you know, garden worm into the anaconda. Crouching dragon into a puff the magic dragon. <laughs> yeah, the magic dragon, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one kid who said that his, his uncle was a really fun, one, a fun character in his life. And he's like, he was like, he would always leave Easter. Like I got to go home because the blood bank's about to open. Oh, <laughs> Talking about like his blood flow. Yeah. 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 What, so what about women? What about women? And how does that typically present itself in men? If it's uh, ED, how does it present itself in women? Well, women obviously are, are different and more, more complicated. And I would say more laid out differently, but we are all made of the same Legos. And I always say like men have nipples. Why? Well, because when we're all in utero, we're all given the exact same Legos. And then mm-hmm. our gender is chosen. Biological gender is then chosen. So all the things that make up um, some anatomy that we're culturally more familiar with, you know, penis and testicles or uh, scrotum and all that stuff, that same material is what women and females are made up of. Like we mentioned earlier, the head of the penis, the glands, G-L-A-N-S, is actually what it's the same neurological tissue as the head of the clitoris that sticks out um, of her body, you know, externally. But internally, the, the two shafts, there's two, there's two sides to the shaft of the penis. They're both called corpus cavernosa, corpus body cavernosa, just, you know, able to expand with blood. And that corpus cavernosa tissue is actually inside a woman just... Imagine if the clitoris inside her body had bunny ears that could grow back, just these two-sided bunny ears that could grow back and hug mm-hmm. around the vaginal space. So they're, they're called the crura, which is a, a strange word to add to the strange language that's unfamiliar with us all down below the belt for her. But the crura is a corpus cavernosa and it engages with blood flow. So the more she's engaged in intimacy, the more foreplay. Yes, I talk about foreplay with middle school kids because it is so important in their life to understand you don't just go from A to Z. I had one kid describe, I said, you guys, who wants to take out, who stab at sexual intercourse? I'll, I'll get back to that other thing. I'm trying to finish in a second. I had one kid um, answer. Oh, I, I know what sex is. I can talk about sexual intercourse. He said, it's kiss, kiss, boom, boom. <laughs> and everyone cracked up. He got so much praise for that. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad you said that. It sounds a little bit like rape or unconsensual activity. And he was like, Oh, said, yeah. Cause there's so much more that goes on between the kiss and the boom, boom. And he's like, okay, what do you mean? It's <laughs> like, let's talk about foreplay. He's like, okay, where's foreplay. And it was you know, one of those great confident kids that just brings a whole class with him. Yeah, so yeah. foreplay was awesome because I said, you know, it's just, it's getting the juices going and blood flowing and everybody all over their bodies. So they're ready to go. So in, in a female, like in a male, it takes a while for the boner to happen, doesn't it? And they're like, oh, well, uh, are we timing things? And I'm like, don't talk to me about timing things. <laughs> but said for women, you know, the longer she's able to have blood flow go down there and get all this tissue engorged, it actually wraps around the vaginal space because of um, what female lubrication is made up 
of is plasma and some lady chemicals. And so plasma comes directly from that blood flow. So if all those capillaries, all those little capillaries leading around the vaginal, um, it's an old term, but the vaginal barrel, the vaginal space, all those, those, those uh, tissues can be engorged with blood and then blood flow and plasma come in and make the lubrication. Hooray, she's ready to go. Some women actually do have issues when they get to menopause with severe um, vaginal dryness, which needs to be addressed to keep intimacy in her life and um, pain and intercourse that, that, that has pain uh, attached to it. Mm. Um, but to, to tie into that, and I'm going more adult now, is the more you use it, the better. Like if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. And the vaginal, the walls, the integrity of the walls, mm. the more they're lubricated, the more they're engaged with blood flow, the healthier that space will be. Not just the pelvic floor, but the vaginal space itself. How... Um... So, you know how daddy loves talking about nitric oxide and right. And how it's the great, um, life jacket, vasodilator, life jacket, of the blood vessels, or that that's the endothelial cells. But so what, what, in your opinion, um, how does nitric oxide impact, um, sexual health? Tremendously for, for him and for her, um, him, obviously, uh, you don't want to, you know, raise a, a soggy flag. You want to raise a, flag you want to you know what's that called switchblade you don't want to sure. right so um that is a huge help and with males because as soon as that um almost all of the vasculature i talked actually i had a long talk with um aaron spitz i know you've had him on recently but the, oh the, yeah 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 book. i had a long talk with him and afterwards, he had a great long talk. And he said, I love your visuals. And I really want you to do this and this. And this. he had all these like ideas and things. And I was, you know, he said, you, you nail it. But it isn't just the penile artery and the penile vein that are expanding. And that, that you know, because whenever, a, whenever a, an artery expands, this, you know, the, the vein next to it in the, and, you know, below the belt for men, it, it contracts. So they can't get blood back to the heart. That's why erections happen, because you have vasodilation happening. You've got nitric oxide being released. There you go you have an erection, but it happens all over the penis, like every single vessel covering the whole thing from stem to stern, from root to tip, right. um, it, all that, that is mini vasculature everywhere. It isn't just one main vein. I mean, yeah, obviously there's a main vein, but there's that. And then where it branches off to in all those little teeny, 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 tiny ways that's happening. So that can be affected in such great ways, if people go on a whole food plant-based or a male goes on a whole food plant-based diet because he wants to increase the firmness of his erections, he will have benefits. Don't you think, but don't you think that'll equally uh, affect the uh, lubrication of women? It's a little more complicated with women just because there is uh, what she has her, her um, history of of pregnancies, deliveries, and things mm. that can, can, because the, vag the vagina dilates with every birth and the vaginal walls have to, there can be a di dilation, um, you know, injuries and things. And so there's, there's different history that lives there because of, of her fertility history yep. and, and being sexual is a habit. And again, if you create this habit of being sexual with your partner, it's going to be healthier for you guys physiologically. Of course, it's going to be healthy for you guys, you know, in your hearts and your relationship, of course. And, and it's good for yeah. just spirit. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, um, anecdotally, what are some stories you've heard about men and or women when they start eating a whole food plant-based diet, then turning around their sex life? Uh, um, maybe you've heard those, but I have heard, I, I've heard great stories about, about people just saying how, like for, I'll start with men, men saying how thankful they are for this part of their identity. Men, like anybody, a man wants to be a whole man. He wants to be a whole man. Mm -hmm. He wants to be able to have an erection. He's identified with it his whole life. It's this thing that he, it's a, such a huge part of him and what he can do with it and, and, and. I mean, even somebody who hasn't had maybe sexual intercourse for a while probably still wants to have the capacity to do so or, or even just give himself pleasure. Um, and for women, it's- Wait, before, you go on to, before, you, before you go on to women, 
let me, can I add, because remember in the engine to cookbook, yeah. we, have, we have a lot of testimonials from men and women in there. And there was the, the guy in there that started eating this way and he'd been eating pa- paleo before that. And he said, paleo makes my penis sadio. And this way, oh my God, he was like, you know, Katie bar the door, watch out. You know, I'm knocking over, I'm knocking over like lampshades when I get up in the morning. <laughs> it was you know, awesome. What? Share what he said about um, he could do a push up with, with no hands. The, the, the human tripod, I think it was something like that. <laughs> or just the unipod. He could just right. do a push up, push right. up with right. no hands because he could hold himself up. Okay. Anyway. Um, so women. Uh, so women. I have gotten the most spectacular testimonials from women. Um, I mean, I, but I want to say opposite of all his testimonials, I've gotten so many women who are concerned. Like I, you know, I may have pain. I have dryness, all this stuff. So just all kinds of good hope that good blood flow will will get there and you stick with it, stick with it. And also stick with like pelvic floor exercises because there is so much that goes into female sexual pleasure and it, it's not, again, talked about, but uh, there's so many muscles down there. So yes, kegels, but deep kegels. Um, so women, um, I, we've, had, we've had women, you actually get the emails too. Like I, my husband's going to yeah. be late for work. I can't get enough of him. My blood flow is just, uh, just that's all I feel these days. And I, I, he's late every day. He's going to lose his job. Yikes. Um, another woman who was such a dear letter, she was you know, 69 years old and she had lost a hundred pounds eating whole food plant-based. And she, that was a, that was an engine two person. Yeah. And she said, I, yeah, exactly. And she said, I can't get enough. I give my husband lately for the last month. I'm all over him. Thank you so much. Yeah. My book most recently, I love the one I most recently got a woman who it's like in her sixties ish or she um, has been whole food plant-based for like three years and she hadn't had a sexual partner in this whole, since she started plant-based, but then she did have a partner recently. And she said, Oh my God, you need to tell everyone. I mean, you need to tell everyone this Jane. I just had the most mind blowing sexual experience. I mean, I had blood has gotten to these new and exciting places and I had pleasure over and over and over again. Like, like give me more of that over and over again. Like she had multiple orgasmic. Wow. Kapow which I don't think everyone has going to maybe get that brand, but she did. And she has done a ton of work with um, yoga and whatnot to strengthen her whole body and core and pelvic floor. Nice. Jane, let's pivot for a sec. I want to ask you some questions from our, from our uh, community. They, they found out that I was interviewing you today for the podcast. And so okay. we have- I, ho- I hope, Rip, I hope you take, I mean, you've had so much exposure to people and their questions. So I hope that you answer some of these as well. Cause I don't by any means know. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's just answer these together. Um, so this first question is from Elizabeth. She wants to know, Jane, any thoughts on diabetes and, and sexual health for women? Um, um, well, I, th- if she's talking about type two diabetes, she will get such great benefits to her addressing a type two diabetes for herself or her partner. I don't know who she's talking about. Let's just say but herself. I think it's herself. Yeah. Okay. Um, such benefits to her, her blood sugar and her, 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 her responsiveness of her cells to her glucose. She'll also get great responsiveness down there as this blood flow can reach all of these again, new and exciting places. So I think the, the go, go, go. The second half of her question is, Jane, what are your thoughts on me dating uh, at 60 years old? Hell yeah. Kale, Why not? Kale yeah. Kale yeah. Get after it. Absolutely. Being sexual is a habit. You just, it's such a beautiful part of who you are and that we're all allowed to be and, and yeah. go. What was her name? Uh, that was Elizabeth. Oh yeah, go Elizabeth. Go Elizabeth. All right, here's a question from uh, Mary Eek, I think is how you pronounce her name. I would be really interested in hearing about um, plant-based eating and how it helps reduce menstrual symptoms, mood swings, bloating, cramps. And we've got several questions along those lines. Well, that's a, that's a great question because eating a whole food plant-based is 
great because then you're only dealing with, pardon me, your own sort of your own estrogen load, if you will. Um, if you're eating dairy and meat, you have, you know, not only the, you know, meat, which is the body of a, of a, usually a cow that had, was full of estrogen when she died after being a dairy cow, or if you're drinking or using dairy in any way, you're actually drinking the breast milk of a cow that was, you know, was filled with estrogen. So when you go on whole food plant-based diet, you don't have all this other extra estrogen in your body messing up with your own hormones. Plus you're eating all this high fiber food. So your body gets rid of all this food so much faster. So there's no, none of these foods that Mary and Mary dairy and meat, Mary and deed <laughs> um, dairy and meat are not sitting in your intestines, you know, and you're absorbing and absorbing and reabsorbing all this estrogen that's sitting in your gut. Um, mm -hmm for all this time, you're actually pooping it right out. You're just pooping it right out. So you're not over-absorbing. Uh, and so it really helps steady out some of those symptoms. I mean, you will occasionally get cramps. You will occasionally get a heavy flow, but, um, you know, we, our own brain and body and feedback systems regulate our own cycles and to make it be as, as much as possible, your own chemistry is better is best. Hmm. Jane, um, my husband and I are trying to conceive and we've heard that a plant-based diet may help with that. Can fertility be improved on a whole food plant-based diet? I would recommend you talk with a plant-based guy, um, OBGYN for sure. I know like Rip, our sister-in-law and Bingham is OBGYN and she just spoke at my conference two days ago and she was all about this. Just yes, yes. Fiber filled food helps everything be supple and open and not inflamed. And you want to be as supple and open and not inflamed as possible if you're trying to conceive. And sometimes women have these things called fibroids. Um, I know we have hemorrhoids and we have steroids, all these things, but fibroids are a different thing. Fibroids tend to grow inside a woman's uterus. You know, every, every month we have this beautiful layer that proliferates. Um, of, of this beautiful nest of tissue and blood that's just like, hey, we're going to have a party. We're going to grow a baby. Yay. We're all these decorations is puffy, puffy, puffy blood and tissue. And then the month comes around and there's no sperm. Thank goodness. And I'm thinking for like the middle school kids and the yep. party ends and all the stuff flows out. Sometimes in females, as we get older, and if we've had a lot of you know, dairy and things that cause fibroids or just thickening of all this tissue, they grow down like stalactites. They grow like, like those cave, you know, those drippings in caves and they end up blocking the uterus or having the uterus feel like there's some intruder in there and you can't get pregnant. So you want to get those fibroids, you know, to, to, to go away and whole food mm. plant-based diet. Many people have had success with reversing fibroid issues um, and having those clear up. So if that, I don't know if that's an issue with you, but I recommend you speak with an OBGYN who understands whole food plant-based nutrition Many OBGYNs are now certified in with um, ACLM, which is the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. And they would be able to help you way better than this middle school sex ed teacher who makes cookbooks. Well, to me, that makes a ton of sense, Jane, that when you're eating a clean, whole food, plant-based, anti-inflammatory uh, diet, that you're going to be much more likelihood to be fertile and, um, and, and, and grow a little one. Um, Jane, here's a question. I'm entering my sixties and I'm postmenopausal. My sex drive has decreased a lot. I can't help but think that this is a natural part of aging. Do you think that's the truth? I don't know if this person, this person has a partner. Do they have a partner? Don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, well, again, like we've mentioned, we've, we've said a couple times today is being sexual with your partner is a habit. It's something that you, I mean, you wake up and say, Hey, tonight we have a date, you know, nine 30, let's both be there. Game on, let's go. And it's just this little expectation throughout the day that you're going to have this moment together, plan yeah. it, make a habit out of it, create it. We're all sexual beings. It's in there. It's in you. I mean, get a half cup of KY. <sighs> why not throw it in there? Go at it. Astroglide. Um, I would mm. never, ever, 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 ever say coconut oil in your hair, but coconut oil down there, fine. Mm. Mm. Um, there, and I, I have a whole bunch of lubrication I can recommend, but that is not always the issue for someone. It's just getting game on. 
knowing you're a sexual being might even help. Mm. Crack the ice, get in there, get in there, swim in those waters again. Nice, nice. Jane, um, here's a person, they've been plant-based for over a year now. Uh, is there something that you can recommend for hot flashes slash night sweats? Thanks. And I don't know how old this person is. Uh, they're probably somewhere in their you know, 40s to 80s. <laughs> yeah. If they're having this or maybe a little earlier than that, um, younger than that. And just like we said with the menstruation stuff, the if, if, if the if coming into puberty and getting you know, into your fertile years is like this, and then getting out of it is getting out like this. It's, it's a rough road coming in and voice changing pimples, all these things, growing pains, the buds in there getting off all that. It's not, it's a bumpy road and to make it less of a bumpy road. So there's not as many hot flashes or less extreme hot flashes. Please don't put any extra hormones in your body, which come from meat and mm. dairy. And if you have a really rich diet, rich, rich meal one night, and they would like to oil and stuff that also can somehow trigger. I have heard women say um, that, that uh, they get a little bit of warm, a warm wind when they do that, just, they get a flash for that. So I think having a whole food plant-based diet helps extinguish some of that, but it is also something that won't last forever. So just try to stick with it and see if it helps diminish it. Yeah. Jane, here's a question. I'll, I'll try and tackle this first and then you can add on. Um, I have a question that I really hope that you would have a suggestion for. What do you do in a long-term marriage, 30 plus years with a partner who has had, who has been ill for many years. So no sex, but also is we don't have any intimacy at all, uh, except a quick hug in passing. This has become really depressing since the lockdown, not even seeing the grandkids or other family members since we both have health risks. So my suggestion to this person is just, I'm going to go back to your three suggestions that you gave for adults. So the number one is, you know, honest communication, open communication. The second is the different levels of touch. So I think you need, you need to start touching again, even if it's just as simple as putting your arm around each other, holding hands. One of the things that I see Jane, you and Brian doing a lot that I think is great is giving each other like foot massages. When you're watching TV or something, you just, you, you massage that foot or you do a little hand massage. But I think that that, those are little small acts of intimacy that can then you know, lead to something else, or if not, at least now you're, you're getting that intimacy. Yeah. Cracking the ice, cracking yeah. the ice. Yeah. Would you, anything you want to add to that? Oh, no, I think that that was well addressed, but um, also it's awkward. Just, it is awkward and you make yourself vulnerable. And if you're with your partner, that's the one person that you're closest with. Sometimes, you know, we, we just hold things against our partners, but that's your partner. Mm -hmm. This is your life. And it might not happen overnight, but just start with, like you said, just start with these little small acts that can lead to something better. And if, if everyone's physical health is okay and everyone's mental health is able to handle it, then there you go. But couples counseling could be in that, that mess of recipes too, I'd say. Mm -hmm. So Jane, <clears throat> this has been very exciting uh, hour and hardly and, I talked about any food at all. But you know what? That that's well. I think most people know what we're talking about here with the whole food plant based diet. But um, let me ask you this: So what's uh, what's um, what's going on with you, and what's the most exciting thing that you have in your horizon right now that you'd like for people to know about? Um, any, any projects you're working on, or yeah, we are. Um, What's really exciting is that, um, as you obviously know, Brett, uh, Mommy Ann Esselstyn, our mother, Mommy, and I are working on our next book, which is so exciting. After all this talk about women and stuff, I actually am excited to share. The book's working title is Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior. Be strong, be fierce, be delicious. Ooh, and ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's all we have everything due to the publisher, you know, by summertime ish and it probably will come out and we hope 2022, it'd be so nice to have it be able to be a book around which we could gather with some women live. Thanks Jane for providing such an in-depth conversation with clarity and compassion. 
Good health starts with honest communication. And I hope this conversation initiates opening some of those doors for you and yours. No doubt, we'll be having more conversations like these in the near future. Next week, we talk health from a different subject, our harmful addiction to salt. I sit down with author Michael Jacobson to discuss his new book, Salt Wars, The Battle Over the Biggest Killer in the American Diet. You'll definitely want to check it out. Thanks for listening and take care. Thank you for listening to the Plan Strong Podcast. You can support the show by taking a quick minute to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Leaving us a positive review and sharing the show with your network is another great way to help us reach as many people as possible with the exciting news about plants. Thank you in advance for your support. It means everything. Have you had your own Galileo moment that you'd like to share? What happened when you stepped into the arena and shed the beliefs that you thought to be true? I'd love to hear about it. Visit PlantStrongPodcast.com to submit your story and to learn more about today's guests and sponsors. The Plant Strong Podcast team includes Carrie Barrett, Lori Kordowich, Amy Mackey, Patrick Gavin, and Wade Clark. This season is dedicated to all of those courageous truth seekers who weren't afraid to look through the lens with clear vision and hold firm to a higher truth. Most notably, my parents, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn Jr. and Anne Cryle Esselstyn. Thanks for listening.